And joining us next is going to be um, baseball, a sports consultant, Andy Dolich. He's worked uh, for uh, different teams in all the big four sports, worked for the Philadelphia 76ers, Memphis Grizzlies, Washington Capitals, hockey, San Francisco 49ers, and I met him when he worked for the Oakland Athletics. He's uh, still a resident of the Bay Area out in San Francisco, and we're going to be joined by Andy in just a moment. Talk to him about uh, a community loss out there. Uh, Stretch McCovey, Willie McCovey, passed away at the age of 80 years old. 521 home runs. Yep, and uh, one of the most feared sluggers of all time. Joining us right now is our good friend, a couple minutes late on our part, Andy Dolich. He joins us. How are you, Andy? I'm doing great in Eugene, Oregon today. Oh, what's up there in Eugene, Oregon? Watching the leaves change? Colors? Uh, No, actually the weather's nice, uh, but there's lots of leaves on the ground. Uh, One of the premier sports management programs in the United States is here at the University of Oregon. It was endowed by a friend of mine, Jim Warsaw, who sadly has passed away. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. But the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center is one of the country's top sports management programs, and here... At Oregon, you know, you have the great involvement with Nike and Phil Knight. And right. so we're celebrating the 25th anniversary, and it's been really terrific. All right. is that Now, is that somewhere that you go teach it, uh, from time to time? I was. I was a teaching fellow here, but uh, there's a competition because I'm a graduate of the Ohio University program, which okay. is the number one ranked sports right. management program right. in the world, actually, Stan. Um so we should uh, actually have Rick Peterson come talk because he is one smart dude, and there's too much Oakland A's involvement on a Baltimore show today. Uh, yeah, Mike, <laughs> Bo- that's a great point. Mike Bordick, Rick Peterson, and Andy Dolich, all different sort of generations of, of the three of you. Uh, Andy, one well, of I the- guess I guess based on last season, it's not bad to have a lot of A's and maybe less birds, right? Yeah, but we did want to talk about the other Bay Area baseball team for a couple minutes. I'm, I'm guessing you didn't know Willie McCovey on a great level personally, but you saw him in the community in the San Francisco Bay Area for many, many years. What kind of loss is this for the community first and foremost? significant because Willie McCovey was literally part of the heart and soul of the Bay Area. And of course, people remember uh, the great Willie Mays, who's still uh, out there. And the two Willies were really emblematic of the Giants coming here. Um, And both extremely exuberant people, but uh, Willie Mack just had that magical smile he was always involved uh, in community assets. The Giants do a fantastic job of celebrating their history. And it was really a horrific week for Giants fans because the week before, Hank Greenwald, the voice yeah, of the Giants for many years, also passed. And, uh, you know, when you're a broadcaster of a team for many years, you become part of the family. So, with Willie Mack passing and, and Greenwald, really two significant losses for the entire Giants family. And Willie Mack transcended just being a Giant. He was a major part of the Bay Area and very, very sad. 
How how well did you know him as a player growing up? I mean, because you're not from the Bay Area originally. So do you remember him much as a player? Well, I'm always a big fan of home run hitters and strength, and I'll always remember the screaming line drive to Bobby Richardson. We talked about it earlier. Amazing plays and and one of the saddest plays in Giants history. So, uh, you know, hitting home runs in Candlestick Park was not easily done. And just the, the power and grace, uh, and luckily in the Bay Area, when you think about it, I mean, Mays, McCovey, uh, Reggie Jackson, uh, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, uh, all of these players, you know, we're, we're a haven for homers. I did want to talk about Candlestick Park, though, and I, it was always – I was so disappointed when I finally saw a game in Candlestick Park. Our good friend David Rubenstein went with us and warned me that it was colder than you could imagine. And in my mind's eye from having listened to hundreds of games on the radio uh, when I I was a kid, I couldn't have imagined how miserable the weather was there. Talk a little bit about the wind currents there, because Mays actually developed an inside-out swing to get into the jet stream a little into right center to right field because that's the way to hit home runs. Did McCovey get home runs robbed from him by the weather, or was he aided by that? Well, what home run hitter in any stadium in America would not say that they were robbed of home runs? Right. Whether whether there was no wind, whether there was a sun angle, whether the moon was in a certain place. The story that, that I will always remember about Candlestick Park is that Everybody remembers, or maybe they don't, that the Dodgers and the Giants move west together. And the Dodgers uh, basically had L.A. And George Christopher, who was the mayor of San Francisco at that time, uh, Horace Stoneham, the is owner it, of the is Giants. This, is, this the liked, sto- is this the story about taking him out to the, the site of Candlestick Park at noon? Abs- yeah. Absolutely. Ahead, and Horace, Horace, well, it was a little bit later. Horace liked to have a few cocktails at lunch. <laughs> and so so it was after lunch, right. like one thirty two o'clock. Right. And at that time in the day, it was it was absolutely calm. But when the fog started rolling in, you know, from the ocean behind the hills, um, that's when it started howling. And so when they showed him uh, the site and actually George Christopher's, I don't know, uncle or cousin owned the <laughs> land that Candlestick Park was on. And Horace said, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> and it was one of the great scams of all time. Um, and the other part, for those that have been, you know, that travel to the Bay Area, you don't want to come in June and July. You want to come in September, October, November. Right. So in the summer months, it it could be 55 degrees and sort of misty and blowing, and that's not the weather to enjoy baseball. And then the Niners play there September, October, November. These games are being broadcast across the country. It's 72 degrees. It's absolutely um, no wind whatsoever, and people are going, I want to go to Candlestick Park, but terrible for baseball, great for football. Yeah, I, I've never been more miserable at any sporting event. Partly, 
I, I had some kind of sweater or something, but I'm traveling on my vacation in like July or August, and I go to a night game there. I was more cold there than I've ever been at any sporting event. Well, you were probably also miserable because David Rubenstein was sitting next there's, to you. There's, there's that, too. There is that, too. Hey, um, we're talking with Andy Dolich, a longtime sports consultant. He's been He's worked in every of the four major sports with different franchises. Uh, your thoughts in observing the A's and these extensions that the general manager, the president of baseball ops, and the uh, – and the manager getting right now. I personally and all A's fans were extremely excited and, and approved. Uh, my problem was that it should have happened months ago. And in some instances, it should have happened before the year. Um, what I continue, and we've talked about this on the show before, the A's um, had one of the more magical seasons that baseball has seen in the past few years, but their attendance was down at the bottom, uh, 27th in attendance in Major League Baseball. And so why you wait until after the season and it gets thrown into the middle of the ongoing Golden State Warriors magical season and the records that they're breaking already and just less than 10 games, uh, the football morass here of the horrible Raiders and the not so good 49ers and all the other competition. Why would you wait and throw it into that? Yeah. And the other part, which really sort of irks me and many, many other fans is there was very little promotion on Olsen and Chapman and Chris Davis with a K Mm -hmm. Um, and the great young team that they have. It just makes no sense. And, they are they are still saying that they're going to make an announcement before the end of the year as to the selection of a new stadium site. And we've heard this before. We've actually heard it for 13 years. Um, is this signing of the infrastructure of their baseball side, you know, a good sign that they're ready to get serious? Only time will tell. Let me ask you this about the city suing the Raiders. Uh, about the move. Now, what does this mean for next year as far as Oakland is concerned? Because the ballpark in or the new stadium in Las Vegas isn't going to be ready by next year. No. So what does this Absolutely mean? Absolutely not. So what does this mean as far as the Raiders and where they'll play next year? That is uh, a very large question in that uh, the Raiders have stated, and we'll see what happens, that if a lawsuit went forward, they absolutely would leave Um but where are you going to play? Uh, it's pretty much been decided. And I was at the 49ers when we had legitimate conversations about sharing a stadium. And as again, we've talked about this, you look at the success of the Jets and the Giants, um, the future of the Rams and the Chargers, which is probably not going to be very successful, mm-hmm. but it would have made all the sense in the world for the Raiders to play in our stadium because we were 10 years ahead of them in terms of all the complexities and financing of building what has become Levi's Stadium. And so Al Davis literally at the time said, over my dead body, unfortunately, you know, that happened. Uh, Will we ever ever play in Levi's Stadium or a stadium with the Niners? So now you got Cal, Stanford, who've said, no, thank you. Um, some people have said, you know, let's go to San Diego. That would be brainless. Got and that. if they went to Vegas and played in Sam Boyd, Sam Boyd doesn't come up to any NFL standards. So 
they could be team Bedouin. Could could um, they be a know, team, like, Andy? Could they be a team that simply doesn't have home games next year and plays at other NFL venues? I guess they could. I mean, you talk about really, really bad timing, guys. Yeah. I mean, clearly, right now they're the worst team in the NFL. They're hanging their hat on all these first-round draft picks that they got um, from all the players that they've traded away and will continue trading away. But their season fell apart when Khalil Mack went. Yeah. You could just feel the yeah. air being sucked out of the Raider Nation. And, you know, John Gruden, there's a lot of questions about whether the game has passed him by. So he's, and he's getting a hundred million he's getting bucks. Hundred so million dollars. They are they are not they are not in a good position to do anything right now. A question about his deal is: Is he got got some small percentage of ownership too, or is he just getting a hundred million? I, I don't know that, but okay. you know what, guys, if you're getting a hundred million, yeah. act with a small percentage of I ownership. Even that, even though that would be a few extra hundred million, because. This is a team now worth $2 billion plus. I mean, Mark Davis's mother actually is the legal owner of the team. Right. They do not – they are one of the least asset-appreciated ownerships in the NFL. And if things don't go right in Vegas and they need money, um, you know, you could look at a possibility of a sale. I don't see that, but it could be. And, and you know, if you have a piece – um, you know, that's worth a few hundred million bucks in today's world. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing because when the wife takes over, there's not the estate taxes involved. But then when she passes, and how old is she? Um, Late 70s? Al Davis's wife is probably in her mid-80s, guys, mid-80s. I think. Yeah. Something like that, Carol Davis. And, you know, I think a lot of the Raiders – problems could be solved if Mark Davis had a different hairstyle, but that's just my view. (laughs) He is one of the least attractive human beings (laughs) on the face of the planet. We're talking to Andy Dolich. Um, Andy, talk a little bit about him. You know we talk baseball pretty much all the time on this program, but talk a little bit about what the uh, Warriors are like right now as a machine in sports marketing. I laugh because a week ago on all the talk shows, uh, they were all lamenting, oh, my God, Clay Thompson's lost his shot. What are we going to do? How are we going to get him back on track? And then the next day, he broke Steph Curry's NBA record for threes. Um, Which he said against the Wizards. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, but it's it's still NBA basketball. It's not easy. Um, and although I think if they kept at it, they probably could have scored 200 points in that game. Yeah, they could. Uh, you know, they have Alfonso <laughs> McKinney, uh, you know, who came out of three X three, the, the, the basketball project that I'm working on, he, you know, he played in it previously. So he's, he's lighting it up. Um, what I, what I say pretty simply is they have become the Cirque du Soleil of NBA teams. You know, the the circus comes to town, and that's cool. But the Warriors come to town, Kevin Durant, uh, Steph Curry, who's beyond magical, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. I mean, they have so many weapons, and they do things in such a joyful manner. Mm -hmm. I liken them to one of the great jazz groups. You know, each night they could turn to each other and say, Hey, KD, 
why don't you uh, why don't you blow for a while, right? And he goes for thirty eight. Right. Or uh, hey Dre, you know you haven't scored much lately. <laughs> or why don't you go out and get eighteen bounds? <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so they have a drummer, they have alto, they and they do that. that you know, is... they, and and they've got the greatest conductor of all time at least at the Bay Area, and Steve Kerr, who's, if he's not the coolest guy going, there's not too many that are any better than Kerr. That's a great, great analogy. And and don't they have this guy, Cousins? Is he still hurt? Oh, yeah, the boogeyman. The boogeyman. Uh, the, only, the only player to get thrown out of a game this year in the NBA not playing um, <laughs> two weeks ago. So When's he due back? Con- When's he yeah, due back? People- well, they don't know. They're, it's almost like a TV game show. Like, he may be back <laughs> earlier, he may not be. They don't need him now. But right. if you just strip away some of the outside questions about Boogie, that guy is an NBA All-Star. Yeah. So they have an NBA All-Star who's as tough as they come uh, and can really play in reserve. And it's a long season in the NBA, and so... You know, thinking about the jazz analogy, like, hey, you know, we've got another great horn player that's coming to join the group, and yeah. and that's going to happen. Yeah, they've got like an alto sax and a soprano sax guy coming on. Uh, you got it, Andy Dolich. Many thanks for joining us as usual. It's always a pleasure, uh, and thank you for filling us hey, in on McCovey. And two, uh, two quick, yes, two quick plugs before I go. go Number ahead. one. Uh, there's a new podcast that I'm doing with Fred Clare, the highly respected long-term executive of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Pat Gallagher, who worked for the Giants for 34 years. It's called Life in the Front Office. started about a month ago, and you can find it uh, on a lot of different uh, locations, Life in the Front Office, and our book, for those that are listening that are athletes or parents of athletes, 20 Secrets to Success for NCAA student-athletes who won't go pro. 20 Secrets of Success for NCAA athletes. Athletes who won't go pro, available on Amazon and and any other bookseller around the country. All and right. it's actually selling books, Stan. Hey, Hard can, to we, believe. can you help us get Fred Clare on sometime? Absolutely. You just let us know, let me know and right. happy to do it. All right. Thank you very much, Andy. I'll talk to you soon.